Now, once you've been assigned teams and you're meeting your partners for the first time, you've arrived at the first stage, figuring out how many people speak English. In the literature, this stage is called forming, and after not communicating with each other for a few days, someone is going to create a Facebook group chat, and this person is tentatively the leader until further notice. to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. Let's work together, Shepard. And this is... Mitchell Manley, working together with Amy Shepard. <laughs> Wait, was that what you were going to say originally before I said mine? No. <laughs> but it worked. You just, it does work. I figured we would um, make our, our nicknames in collaboration, you know? Oh, it's like a group project. Yeah. Except each week it doesn't feel like I'm pulling teeth to get stuff done. Thanks, Mitchell. <laughs> I wish I could say you the same the thing. It's tough. I have to motivate <laughs> myself. Well, I've got to say, like, sometimes um, I know that you're the, like, you're the uh, leader in the project and the group project, like, is falling upon you to get it done each week. And this week, neither of us were, like, super motivated. Right. Most Last week's episode was pretty heavy, too. So That's true. Yeah. What was... Um, <sighs> How did we get to, like, what is our suggestions or whatever we're doing? What yeah, are, yeah. So what the, are we doing, Mitchell? <laughs> the theme this week uh, was collaborations. And I know Lum suggested it to me. You know, we were talking about what's something good to follow up uh, last week's episode, which kind of had some divisive themes. So collaborations is more about getting together and doing something positive with other people. And uh, he and I were talking about this uh, thing on YouTube called Two Minutes to Late Night. It's like a little YouTube series. Uh, it started out as like a talk show, but... But since the coronavirus thing has been floating around, they've been hosting a lot of collaborations over the internet. So you'll have like, like uh, the postal Stephen Brodsky from Cave-In and Mutoid Man and something like that. But it's all on video too. And, you know, they'll, they'll cover songs. I can't remember who all covered Crazy Train, but they covered like Crazy <laughs> Train, a bunch of other really great songs. Just insane metal musicians uh, collaborating over long distances so i thought you know that kind of rounds everything out all together we're talking about working together with people and we're also kind of tying in things that people are doing during this time of, of social distancing and uh, you know collaborating with people long distance so it all works out hmm. yeah it, it kind of i mean this actually does not fit in with the theme but like i was watching the childish gambino covering um chris Gaines. Because that's yeah, it's an interesting combo. Yeah, and it's really good. I'm just gonna say those songs are pretty good for as goofy as that project was. But um, what did you bring this week? I'm gonna start us off with Isis and Aerogram and their song Low Tide.
So yeah, I wanted to start this episode by, by giving a huge nod to something called the In the Fish Tank series. Uh, there was this music distributor in the Netherlands that produced this series of EPs. Uh, most of them were two bands collaborating and like recording over the course of two days. And tons of great bands contributed over the years. Uh, Sonic Youth, Karate, Low, Sparkle Horse, Finesse, Tortoise, Blackheart Procession. Uh, and then this one is a collab from American post-metal band Isis and a Scottish alt-rock band called Aerogram. Uh, Aerogram's pretty eclectic. Uh, they're kind of upbeat and kind of space rocky. Uh, Isis is known for being one of the hallmark bands of like the atmospheric post-metal sound. They blend like the quiet, pretty parts with the heavy, doomy parts. Uh, and so the EP that resulted from their collaboration might be one of my favorites from that series. Uh, this song in particular has like the slow, spacey, melodic build with weird off-kilter drums, like the softer bits of an Isis song. But as opposed to like the build into the heavy, distorted catharsis, they only tease it and they're kind of playing with the energy and the flow of the song. You know, after all, the song is called Low Tide, so they're kind of pushing you and, and pulling you in their ebb and flow as opposed to sending you on the single wave that builds high and crashes. So I definitely encourage folks to check out the In the Fish Tank EPs. They're all really, really good. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. First of all, Isis, is it named after, like, the Egyptian god or, like, yeah. the terrorist group? Yeah, definitely outdates the terrorist group. In fact, okay. they, they quit playing shortly after uh, because their name kept getting associated with that, so. And they probably just didn't want to have a bunch of, like, wannabe terrorists coming to their shows. Right. It doesn't seem like a safe place. Yeah. Um, For some reason, this kind of gives me, like, Thursday feels because... You know, it kind of sounds like Thursday, but without the Thursday vocals, it's like the, I guess it's the cathartic guitars. Um, it's really chill and kind of slightly weird. There's like this weird ambient something going on in the background that's like kind of bells, but I don't know what's, what it really is. It makes me want to know what's happening. Um, there's just this kind of solid through line for the noodling that's really pleasing and you know, if you're kind of in a meh mood, this is like the perfect song for meh because it's like possibly about being isolated or lonely, but it makes you feel okay with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this has definitely got that meh kind of feel to it where you're just like wanting to kind of zone out and, and exist in your weird dour mood. Yeah, like exist, but be okay with the fact that that's your whole goal at that moment is just to exist. Be okay with existence i don't know does that make sense mm -hmm. I, I i went with a different feel as i normally do uh i brought galantis and dolly parton's faith featuring mr probes
so. Galantis is a DJ songwriter duo from Sweden because like, look, the Swedish just know their pop dance music and I don't know, they're just really good at it. Uh, this is a song from the before times and like it is just some poppiness with Dolly Parton and sometimes when stuff is as heavy as it is currently, you just want some levity for three minutes. It's a, like a good roller skating drill song because that's how I got here is like I was going through roller skating songs and it makes you want to like dance around stupidly before getting back into your heavy thoughts. Also, it's freaking Dolly Parton and she's the best. I agree with that, certainly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what it is about Sweden, but they're just the undisputed masters of infectious pop grooves. Like, obviously, we can turn to ABBA as being a huge keystone for that, but a lot of the Euro pop that was big, you know, a big deal in the 90s club scene came from Sweden. And of course, I talk a lot about Max Martin, uh, who is a Swedish producer and songwriter who's, who's responsible for pretty much all the radio hits from NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry a hundred more all those hits written by this swedish genius named max martin so there's absolutely something in the water and the sunshine of sweden that i'm totally trying to be a part of um i hadn't heard of galantis before but after i started my research i realized that uh you'd hit one of those accidental jackpots that you kind of tend to stumble upon yes um, uh, yeah galantis is a two-piece it's christian carlson and linus eklau and uh, I found out that, like Max Martin, they've had their hand in some huge hits. Uh, Christian Carlson co-wrote and produced Toxic for Britney Spears, which is one of my favorite productions of Britney Spears songs. And also, like, tons of B-side tracks for Katy Perry, Madonna, J-Lo, Kylie Minogue. Uh, the other guy, Linus Eklau, is behind one of my favorite dance tracks, I Love It by <laughs> Icona Pop. You know that song, Shirley? No. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, um, sing it. I don't care. I love it. I crashed my oh, car yeah. into a bridge, you know, or whatever. It's a really yeah, good song. Yeah, that's really good. It's so yeah. catchy. And so, yeah, the other guy in that band uh, co-wrote that song. So, uh, Glantis is keeping a huge tradition alive by, by giving us the catchiest pop hits. And then if that wasn't gift enough, they went and got Dolly Parton involved just to really seal the deal. So, all I got to say is I'm moving to Sweden. Who's coming with me? I'll come with you, except for Sweden has a serious coronavirus problem because yeah. they didn't social distance. So I'll give it like six months, maybe, I'm with you. Yeah, or let's something do that. like that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you you didn't hear about this band beforehand or this like? No, I've duo? never heard of them. No. I'm so proud of myself. Do you know how hard I had to work to find like a collaboration that was not really super obvious or on a collaboration playlist? I was so proud of myself. You did good. Thank you. Also, they have some videos with uh, roller skaters in it. That's also how I found them, which pretty, pretty good. I know how to work the YouTube algorithm now. <laughs> uh, our Air Buddies, they brought some of the most eclectic stuff I've ever heard. And I'm super stoked about like all of this. Um, Charlie is our first Air Buddy. He brings the fucking AM doing research for an autobiography.
song title, BT Dubs. Um, this is like the epitome of danceable rock music. I'm not sure who is collaborating and it's just fun meandering and there's organs and something to like pop on the record player in the morning when you need like that morning boost over some coffee coffee while like toe tapping you know that's like that ease yourself into the morning but you want to be in a good mood song and it's rock i think it's rock I'm pretty sure it's rock it's, it's pretty rocking it'll definitely uh get you up and, and be bopping in the morning um yeah so so the fucking am is a collaboration between a band called trans am and a band called the fucking champs uh, Trans Am are an experimental rock band from Maryland. Came about in the mid '90s. Uh, they've always had a pretty amorphous sound. They got lots of weird angular riffs that give way to quick bursts of like melodic, dancey bits. Uh, some songs are slow and spacey. Some are fast and aggressive. Some have vocals. Some don't. Just a really great, innovative band in the post-rock and like experimental rock world. And then the Fucking Champs are a mostly instrumental band uh, from San Francisco. Their typical sound is is really experimental rock, but mainly influenced by like 80s heavy metal with really chunky guitars and like the stacked harmonizing lead guitars. So naturally, when the two bands come together, we get something like we just heard, which is just this super rocking, trippy, psychedelic, thin Lizzy, and it's just perfect. So check out both of those bands and the rest of this collaboration album. It's really, really good. It just seems fun. It, that's what it is. Like it really comes across as really just fun rock. Yeah, it's feel music. good rock and roll music. Yeah, is that a genre? It is now. <laughs> uh, our next ear buddy is Lauren, who brought Felt's "Dirty Girl." Now there's this hamburger stand, thirty minutes out of town. Used to go for the best veggie burgers around. That wasn't until I met this brown, guaranteed to astound. Short order chef, eyes deeper than sound. She wore a dirty green apron like a silk nightgown. Them cappuccino fingernails broke my order down. Three dots tattooed between a thumb and an index. Twenty-four waist held a holster for the Windex. Heat from the grill made a mascara drip. The sweat on her face showed the fuzz on her lip. Them work pants couldn't hide the love in them hips. Call it bad taste, but this girl was the shit. It's the way that hair neck kinda covered up her ear. Had me asking why the fuck she was even working here. But next time I get hungry, I'ma drive to Pasadena. Cause I just gotta see ya. Mi linda cochina. Dirty, dirty, you're such a dirty girl. points out this is slug from atmosphere and MERS as felt um i actually did like more than your average amount of research for myself this week um this time from wikipedia uh it says felt volume two a tribute to lisa bonet is the second studio album by felt as an american hip-hop duo obviously made of MERS and Slug, entirely produced by Ant. It was released by Rhyme Sayers Entertainment in 2005. That's a lot of single name people involved <laughs> in this, true. which is the only reason why I felt the need to like, like pull that information from Wikipedia. Um, also, the album name is, it's interesting, especially with a sexy tune like Dirty Girl on it. Uh, this could also be an example about how no outfit is asking for it, because honestly, how do you think an hairnet is sexy just by the way it lays across your ear right so it's like somehow this guy made all of this all of these women's like work clothes like sexy even though it's like obviously they're just working and this dude 
this uh, songwriter has just got a crush on any lady who's in a service job. Right. Yeah, I definitely think you're right. Um, <laughs> men are just horny little devils. It doesn't take much to, to, to make us start getting weird. So, uh, and, and it does come off kind of creepy through the wrong lens. But uh, and, and I certainly won't deny that horniness is probably the primary theme of this song. But I, I think the spirit of the song is more along the lines of like, you don't have to be made up and perfect. You don't have to be smiling and plastic. You're attractive in the way that you carry yourself. And, and that's enough to get me going or whatever. And <laughs> even if it is just a unadulterated horn dogging, at least they said it to, you know, dope rhymes and a sick beat. So. <laughs> uh, I've been a fan of all that rhyme sayers entertainment stuff for a while. Lots of top notch underground hip hop that most folks either don't know or have almost forgotten about. Uh, we mentioned that this group is Murs and Slug and produced by Ant. Uh, Slug and Ant had a group called Atmosphere, who were one of the most seminal acts in underground hip-hop history. So uh, if you're into good hip-hop, haven't heard of Atmosphere, definitely a great starting point for the whole Rhyme Sayers catalog. Um, Aesop Rock also put out a bunch of stuff with them. And yeah, just a huge catalog of, of great underground hip-hop. Oh, I mean, that's really cool. But also, because this, this is a dirty... Dirty Girl, it's like a horn dog song uh, by Slug. And last year I filmed like some Slugs getting it on and Slugs get it on weird. <laughs> I'm just saying it. Like I couldn't like I was like, what are these Slugs doing? And I turned on my camera and Slugs are like, just just look into it, y'all. Just just go look at it. There's some nature films on Slugs and what they do. And it's fascinating if you're not grossed out by slime. Um, Our next year buddy is Ben, who brings... Atlas Sound featuring Noah Lennox, Walkabout. says this was a key point in my growing interest in two artists that I now love Atlas Sound aka Bradford Cox from Deer Hunter and Noah Lennox aka Panda Bear so I was listening to this and got some like real animal collective vibes going on you know obviously because then I went up and like looked who these people were and turns out Panda Bear is in it and I know from you because I learned something <laughs> each week that Panda Bear is from Animal Collective so yeah the the lyrics are, like, kind of more transparent than Animal Collective stuff because, well, it's, I mean, come on. Like, Animal Collective does not have very translucent lyrics at all, so anything could be, like, less convoluted. And it seems to be, like, about the passage of time and contemplating the past, but, like, not too hard. It's super layered and it's listenable, much like anything that Animal Collective, like, makes. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure Deer Hunter's a good band because I keep hearing about them. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at as well. Uh, I've talked a lot about my love of Panda Bear on the show. I'm super familiar with everything that he brings to the table. But I've actually not listened to much Atlas Sound or his band Deer Hunter. And I definitely need to change that because I know a lot of folks really dig them. 
Uh, I'm definitely into this though, and although Panda Bear's paw prints are all over this with the <laughs> with the sunshiny bubbly loops and the lilting harmony vocals, uh, I definitely feel that extra external influence that I imagine is coming from Bradford Cox with a bit more of a rock band vibe to their production than like the purely electronic experience that Panda Bear usually goes for in his own work. Um, I'm definitely going to go listen to the rest of this record and get a vibe for Bradford Cox's solo stuff, check into Deer Hunter. So if anyone does have some suggestions where to start, wants to DM me some of your favorite tracks, hook me up with some Deer Hunter or some good Atlas sound, I'm into that. But doesn't Deer Hunter sound like it's a heavy metal band? Kind of, sort of. I see what you. I, I see think, why you would say that. Yeah, like you feel like like the front of the album would have somebody holding up like a bloody deer head or something. I don't know. Yeah, and there's that but, band Demon Hunter, and so you kind of think Deer Hunter, Demon Hunter, maybe. I don't know. And Slayer, Slayer sounds right, kind of yeah. like the same. Except is Slayer? I have a question. Yeah. Is Slayer the Christian rock metal band? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, just just double checking. There's one you're of them. You're thinking Striper, probably. Uh, yeah, Striper's a hair metal band uh, that is Christian, <laughs> and they wore uh, yellow and black bumblebee-style colors all the time. <laughs> I had no idea about that, but I knew there was one of them bands that was Christian-y, but apparently Slayer's not that one. No. Quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, well. I was close. Striper, Slayer, mm-hmm. they start with us. Yeah. Now, speaking of hard metal, heavy metal, Jenny brings... Ozzy Osbourne and Lita Ford's Close My Eyes Forever. Sometimes it's hard to hold on, so hard to hold on to my dreams. It is an seems when you face to face with me. Like a dagger, you stick me in the heart and taste the blood from my blood. And when we sleep, would you shelter me in your She says, keeping it classic, you can't go wrong with Ozzy and Lita both belting. First of all, I don't even know if this is like a metal related song, but oh my god, I love me some melodrama like this ballad. So just just some background on like the past couple of quarantine weeks. I recently watched The Runaways, finally, yes I know it's like over a decade old, um, and with much of the history that you can glean from movies. Of course, I had no idea that Lita was from The Runaways because, like, they didn't talk much about her and she didn't really even have any lines. So I finally got nosy and Lita is apparently a badass metal guitarist mm-hmm. and she she signed to Sharon Osbourne's record company and that's how this song came to be. Look, I read, like, some weird fanboy article, so hopefully this information is correct. <laughs> I don't know. I just really want to spin leader records now because this is just so melodramatic and moody and epic. And I just love how synthy and goofy, but also serious this is. I just love it. And Ozzy's vocals are really good. But 
come on, Lita is like, she shines. Yeah, for sure. Lita Ford is such a boss. Uh, I remember my brother played me this song when I was in middle school sometime. It just blew my mind. It's so ridiculously melodramatic and the production's like so over the top, but I'm here for all of that. Uh, it's also an excellent example of Ozzy's genuine talent, which, you know, folks don't talk about very often. Obviously, his voice is very unique and lends well to like stonery Black Sabbath stuff. But, uh, you know, whenever he was in his prime, Ozzy could sing his ass off. And keep in mind, this is before autotune. So Ozzy showing like serious vocal range and breath control and like proving that he's got the goods. And uh, Lita Ford could have gotten by on good looks and a killer voice, but she takes it up several notches, being one of the best guitarists around at the time, demanding respect, claiming that feminine power in a field full of dudes who, at the time, with hair metal, were trying their hardest to, like, emulate femininity. And then she just, like, shows up and is this platonic ideal of what these dudes wish that they could be. And it's just a, just a killer track and one of my favorite all-time tracks. And so I'm, I, I just had to include it this week when, when Jenny posted it. Yeah, and also the um, like guitar breakdown here. I'm not a big fan of guitar solos, but this is like one of the best guitar yeah, solos I've good. heard. So good. Um, our next year buddy is Courtney, who brings the Uncluded's teleprompters. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am strong. And I am lovable. I am beautiful. I am powerful, I am strong, and I am lovable. I was laying bricks in a line, gap full of dull toy, picturing a life beyond that of a protocol droid. Bleep bloop, boy ox, boy cock, pea soup, first learn to eat, paint at St. Peter's preschool, young. NASA painkiller I can speak through, airbrush letters on a pristine gene pool. See, my mother said her father drew a ton, but all his cartoons had been swallowed by the Susquehanna flood in 7-2. says this is my second time submitting Kimya but I recently discovered she collaborated with Aesop Rock and the result is phenomenal they're called the uncluded and every song is just great there's even a song about a cat having worms because of course there is Kimya always has like the most exceedingly innocent way of singing but also the she has some heavy freaking lyrics and um, Aesop Rock's con- uh, contribution makes up for some like it makes like textural difference, but also like more of the childhood scenery building. It's contrasted with like all this ugliness with like the cute Kimya. I hate to say Kimya's voice is cute, but it's cute. And I don't know. It's kind of like what growing up is, is like you have to face like reality and it's like, ah, reality. But then like you're still a kid. So I don't know. I really like the way this song was built. Yeah. 
and and you know we've we've actually done a collaborations episode once before a couple years ago and uh the uncluded made an appearance on that episode so since they turned up organically in the thread again this time and since i have this completely biased <laughs> and sightless devotion to aesop rock and kimya dawson i want to make sure that they made it on this episode as well uh kimya dawson was in a band called moldy peaches who were a super seminal folksy punk band who've been around forever uh, my generation probably knows them and kimya as a solo act mainly from the soundtrack to that movie juno uh, which was almost 50 <laughs> percent kimya dawson songs uh, Aesop Rock from the completely different world in hip hop uh, is known one of the best rappers and lyricists of all time. He's been cited by various studies as having the biggest vocabulary in hip hop and a style almost sounds like incomprehensible word soup. But if you sit and read the words, there's almost always just a ton of substance masked behind these like deep metaphors and obscure references. And I love both of the artists a ton. So I have to admit that whenever this first came out in like 2013, it didn't really blend for me at first, but uh, the more that I listened to it, the more natural it felt. And especially if I, after I heard their song Delicate Cycle, which was the one that we featured a few years ago, uh, this album grew on me in a massive way. Uh, Kimya Dawson's just such a master of, of being so profound in just a few lines. And Aesop Rock at the other end, he uses like complex phrasing and these elaborate analogies to communicate these deeper shades of meaning and like communicate that same theme as like a massive and awe inspiring mural in common contrast to Kimya Dawson with this more, you know, brilliantly economical doodle, you know, it's this really interesting contrast between the way that they approach songwriting and, and it, when you get that synthesis between the two of them, it just uh, creates something more than the, you know, greater than the sum of its parts, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of like the way he like chooses these phrases that kind of reflect what he's talking about, but without even in a full sentence. Right. I think that's like the cool thing. And Kimya just like she sparses it down and then he elaborates in like these tiny details to build stuff. Um, our next year, buddy, is Joshua T. who brings Lavage's Lovage, Book of the Month. Sorry. Lavage. <laughs> Lovage. Lovage's Book of the Month. says Dan the Automator, Kid Koala, Jennifer Charles, and Mike Patton with this whole ass mood. Um, this is like a really weirdly romantic song and You Are the Griddle and I Am the Meat may be one of my favorite lyrics of all time. It's just, yeah, 
a whole ass mood. Uh, also, how to make me feel super uncomfortable with the sec sexiness of just like breathing as rhythmic texture because, well, I guess I'm pretty sure that's what that whole section's supposed to make you um, <laughs> think about, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mike, Mike Patton loves using breathing as a rhythmic element thing. Like, I totally dig it, honestly. Uh, he's definitely at the forefront of, of trying to use every possible facet of the human voice and breath to his advantage. Uh, we've talked about his work in Faith No More. Uh, we've discussed his weird experimental band, Mr. Bungle. I think we even had stuff from Peeping Tom, uh, which is like heavily influenced by hip-hop and trip-hop, and also features Dan the Automator, who is uh, you know truly at the helm of the Lovage stuff that we just heard. So... Uh, Dan the Automator for folks outside of hip-hop and electric, uh, electronic music, probably best known for contributing to that first Gorillaz album back in 2001, but he's a pretty legendary music producer. Uh, he's had his hands in a lot of projects in hip-hop and indie rock. Uh, both Mike Patton and Dan the Automator, both known for being really prolific and, and collaborating with other folks a lot, so it's only natural that they'd work together, but you know, let that also be your cue to go listen to all the other amazing stuff that both of those guys do, solo and other collaborations that they've done. They're just constantly releasing stuff for the past <laughs> 20 years. Yeah, I wish they'd come up with like a better, not a better band name, but an easier band name for me to say. Well, just, you know, you got to think uh, it's Lovage. And, Love. and, and if you remember, did you read the name of the album? <laughs> yes. I think it was it's Songs to Make Love to Your Old Lady By. And so yes. it's, it's all about love and lovage and loving on each other. Well, here's the sad part is I knew it was Lovage. And I was like, uh, there's a there's also a term called lavage. And I was trying really hard not to say lavage. Yeah, you went so like eighties eighties dance pop, <laughs> like a like El Debarge. You know, that's, that's kind of what you went lavage. Well, lavage is an eighties well, diva. Oh, well, lavage is also like putting water into an organ so you can clean it out, and then yeah, it's gross. Lavage <laughs> is my drag name now. Oh, Lav oh, you know what? I think you'd be a beautiful bearded drag queen. I It'd think be I would awesome. Do. I need the yeah. hair back, but that'd be good. I mean, you'll get, I mean, at, by also the end tons of, of quarantine, wings, I suppose. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking like at the end of quarantine, I'll eventually see you again. And your hair is probably going to be as long as it was before you cut it. Right. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, if you want to tweet at us, especially like great collaboration songs and other like insane projects, also try to like surprise Mitchell because that's like my favorite thing in the world is surprise Mitchell with a band he doesn't know. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at E&D Pod. Uh, the Facebook group where, you know, sausage is made, but less sausage looking, is at Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. And the voicemail line is... 731-400-BUDS or... 731-400-2837. You can email a show, andypod at gmail.com, and you can always check out me struggling with internets andypod.com for the 10710 network what is our final song this week i'm gonna leave us with the murder of crows and their song bird song uh, the murder of crows is a collaboration between singer and violinist galen lee and the singer and guitarist from low alan sparhawk 
Um, I've talked a ton about my love of the band Low, and I could talk about how amazing Alan Sparhawk is, but the real story of the murder of crows is Galen Lee. Uh, she suffers from osteogenesis imperfecta, also known as brittle bone disease, uh, which causes like some complications with the development of bones, especially in the arms and legs. It stunts your growth tremendously, makes your bones especially brittle and fragile. So in Galen Lee's case, since her body is much smaller than an average person and her arms you know, kind of work a little differently, uh, she's developed a way to play the violin almost like a cello, and she sings in this beautiful, yearning voice. It's very unique. Uh, Alan Sparhawk apparently saw her performing in Duluth, Minnesota, where they're both from, uh, and they began collaborating, and now they just have such a, a deep and beautiful rapport, uh, not only in the music that they've made together, but even on stage, if you see live footage of them or go to see them live. Uh, they range from like really thoughtful and solemn to upbeat and chatty between songs. They just have this really authentic vibe together on stage. Uh, they performed this song on their NPR Tiny Desk concert, which is amazing. Uh, and I went back and listened to this whole album. It's just all so incredibly moving and transcendent and just a, a brilliant and inspiring collaboration. So I hope you guys will enjoy Birdsong from The Murder of Crows. Mm-hmm. 